I wonder how you're doing today. I ask that because, well, I've been once again dealing with some deep emotional difficulties. You know that I've I've chosen to be vulnerable with you, vulnerable in my conversations, vulnerable in my writing, that for my whole life I have struggled with an anxiety disorder. I can remember it all the way back to conscious memory, the beginning of conscious memory. And over these 70 years, there have been times where it's had me by the throat. There's times when it was just simply nitpicking at me. It's been a distraction at times. It's been even disabling. Now, in the midst of all that, there's no question but that the Lord has met me. And out of that has come not only insights, but the ability to minister with empathy and care to other people that struggle. But it is a struggle. If you're one of those individuals that has some level of emotional, psychological, even mental struggle, you know, it's very, very complex. Sometimes we're not sure of what triggered it, how we can be so good one day and be locked in battle the next. It also can come with an, an awful lot of shame. Why, why am I like this? I should be better. Um, this isn't right that I struggle in this way. I've, I've been through all of that and more. And the good news is that it does give me a heart of empathy and compassion for other people that struggle. It also always drives me deeper to the Lord. It's not easy, not easy in the least. And I might say that if I'm not careful, discouragement, disappointment, even self-contempt can come in. I'm I'm choosing to share this vulnerably because I, I think there are other people that need to know someone understands the nature of the journey they're on. It has nothing to do with whether or not you love the Lord, whether or not you've been faithful in the scripture reading, in attending church, in following Christ. It has to do with something that's probably a combination of genes and traumatic events that have occurred in your life. And many times the traumatic events that have occurred in a life occurred a long, long time ago. And as a result, even small things can trigger us in such a way that we are suddenly struggling. Now, first, let me assure you this. Jesus cares about that. I know it's hard to feel that when it's going on, but mark it down, write it down, put it in your journal so you'll have it to look back to when all of a sudden you find yourself in an uncomfortable yet familiar place, dealing with emotional, psychological, mental issues that you so wish weren't part of the story of your life. The Lord looks at us with compassion. He deeply cares about the brokenhearted. And he understands these moments better than we do, especially the fact that while we need to take a certain degree of responsibility to step on the path, the journey of depth, of healing, he knows that in many cases this, this just wasn't our fault. 
things happened. Some of the things happened that really we had no control of whatsoever. And yet, there are these moments when we deal with these difficulties. And I know great people who have done great things for society, for others, and for the Lord, often in the private places of their life, when they're choosing to be vulnerable, talk about these places, these struggles, and how they're greatly encouraged when it feels like they've been lifted up and they've moved on, and how difficult it can be when all of a sudden they find themselves there again, and it's a bit foggy as to how did they actually get there again? Now, one of the things I'm going to share with you, because it's part of what I have been working on myself, is going to Scripture, obviously to let Scripture nurture us, to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit in these times through Scripture, but also there are times when Scripture actually helps us articulate not only what it is we're feeling, but what it is that we are asking of the Lord. So, as I've mentioned, I've been in, you know, one of those places again. And I go to the psalmist, and it was amazing that there are some things that come out of, particularly Psalm 79 and Psalm 80, that it gave me the words to say. And by the way, the idea of the Psalms is that they're in part guidelines for our own prayer. That they're helping us have words of prayer. When Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Those words were shaped in a Psalm. You also can find the same thing in some of the cries of Jonah. And I, I believe it was the writer Eugene Peterson who best frame this for us, that in the middle of our difficulties, we go to Scripture, and Scripture not only nurtures us, but it also can pinpoint the words that best articulate the cry of our heart at that time. So recently, as I've been seeking to meet the Lord in my own journey, in a period where anxiety has grabbed me again. I read this verse in Psalm 79. May your mercy come quickly to meet us, for we are in desperate need. Wow, that quickened inside of me, and I just personalized it. And I began to pray it over and over again. Lord, may your mercy come quickly to me, for I'm in desperate need. The Word of God actually shaped my own word that I wanted to cry out to the Lord. And it felt like there was a harmony there because this is God's Word that I'm speaking back to God as He has spoken it to me. So the psalm 
if you will, becomes the seedbed of my own prayer. And then I went over into Psalm 80, and there were two things that particularly grabbed me. In Psalm 80, the psalmist is talking about how the enemies have ravaged them. And he even uses an image of how the boars have come and they've ravaged the fields. The insects have fed on the crops. And then it says this, Come to me, Lord Almighty. Look down from heaven and see. Do you remember the story of Hagar? How she sent out into the desert? And she experiences God and she calls him El Roy, the God who sees. Boy, may I right now, may you right now, know in the depth of your being, he sees where you are. And he's not seeing it as a passive observer to stand at a distance, but he's seeing to enter it to be there with you, to carry you. Now, it's in that same psalm that four times the psalmist says the same thing. He says this, Restore us, O God. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. Okay, let's personalize that again. In a time of difficulty, we say, restore me, O God. Make your face shine on me that I might be saved. Let's just look at that. There's, there's three different things here that I think are important. Besides the fact that we need to cry this out in the midst of our own tension and our own agony, uh, our own dis-ease, our own fear, my own fear. Let's look at the first is it's restore me. Oh God. The whole idea of restore means restock the shelves of my life. I'm empty here. The cupboard is bare. There's a storehouse that I should be able to turn to to find nourishment and sustenance, but right now there's nothing there that does it. I need, if you will, the storehouse to be replenished. And then it says this, Oh, God. You know what that means? This isn't something I can do. This is something I need to cry out for you to do. It's so similar to the passage of Scripture in Philippians chapter 1 or in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 that says God himself will do it. And it's okay for us to cry out that way. And then it goes from there, this idea of restock my shelves, restock the storehouse of my life. I'm empty. I'm barren. I, I, I can't do this on my own. Oh, God, will you do it? But then it gets more specific. It says, make your face shine on me. This little prayer, these, these sentences come four times in Psalm 80. Make your face shine on me. Let me see you seeing me. Did you hear me say that? Oh God, let me see you seeing me. 
And then understand all that comes with it when we consider back to number six, that blessing we've talked about many times, that God wants to bless us and keep us. He wants his face to shine upon us. He longs to be gracious to us. He wants to give us his peace. He's turned toward us. Now, the psalmist didn't say it once. He, he's, he's being repetitious here. This is the friend at midnight that Jesus talks about. This is that um, shameless audacity that Jesus talks about when we go to God for prayer. He says it four times. God, I've said it, but I'm going to say it again. Restore me, O God. Let me see you seeing me. And then it says that I might be saved. That I might once again step into wholeness. Wow. This, this is a great prayer. So it's not only a scripture we read, but let it become the prayer of a psalmist that gives us words to pray our own prayer. May your mercy come quickly to me, for I am in desperate need. Restore me, O oh God. Let me see you seeing me. That I might be made whole, be saved. Be found again in your embrace. I hope you don't mind my choice to be especially vulnerable with you. I pray that if you, like me, find yourself in these moments where, oh my gosh, here I am again, that you can go into Scripture not only to seek the comfort of God's Word, but the words of God that can become your words that you pray back to him. Amen.